Ready? Go. Sweat Equity Podcast and streaming show, the number one comedy business, business comedy podcast in the world. I'm Sarah! Pragmatic entrepreneurial vibes and real raw dog talk. We're, uh, I'm Sarah! We, we, we've won so many awards, I don't even know if I want to list them in the intro again, because I want to get right into it with Juliana Whitney of Leaf Sheets and Can Strategy, talking cannabis, getting that dank ROI. Oh yeah, I saved that the whole episode. Um, he does it. Keep listening. Listen to us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, your mom's Walkman, Facebook, anything, any anything where video, audio might be. Anything. We're, we're we'll probably, probably we'll conch shell. Maybe you'll hear us. Winamp. <laughs> Not just anything. <laughs> uh, Rhapsody. Yeah, bringing back the '90s shit. That's for you old folk out there. Uh, this episode sponsored by uh, by Viome. Get your uh, gut biome test, intelligence test supplements with our link to health insights, personalized food recommendations, and precision supplements formulated just for you. Get that gut biome test with uh, biome. Get 70% off with our link in the description. You want to know that flora and fauna? Yes. What's up in your tummy? Yes. What's up in your tum-tum? Some people call me cool, Eric. Are you really gluten allergic? Are you what? kind of penis are you? Do penises uh, affect your gut? Yes. You would only know if you do your uh, gut biome test by Viome. 70% off with the link in this episode description. Let's get it. Hi! Hotty toddy! What about my sweat equity? Sweat equity. Sweat, 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 sweat equity. My sweat equity. My, my sweat equity. We're gonna we're gonna have another guest come in while this while your episode's going on. Uh, okay. Yeah, we'll just make it a little jump. Like a co-host. Yeah. That sounds it sounds disrespectful. Another guest. That's not. The case. Well, if she went to look at some episodes and was like, "What's this third dude in here now?" Um, yeah, way nicer to say co-host. Okay, co-host. I mean, we're recording now, so. I guess we'll keep this in. Probably. Maybe. Yeah. Depends on how lazy I am. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Juliana. Is that, did I say it correctly? Um, Juliana. Yeah. Uh, with your pretty pink hair. Can you... Uh, we, we tell the guests... We, Don't uh, be creepy. No, we ask the guests uh, if they can uh, do their plugs at the top. You know, because people, they bail out. They're jogging. They're doing laundry. Sometimes they pause. Sometimes they don't come back. So uh, try to do them at the top of the show. Okay. My plugs. Where can people find you? Like what My links? People, Sorry. People can find um, me at, well, at leafsheets.com. So that's the main company. And then on LinkedIn, Juliana Whitney. I love LinkedIn. Big fan. And on Instagram, at official Juliana Whitney. And that's basically it. Uh, you reached out to me on LinkedIn, um, and, uh, sometimes those are bots. I got to ask straight up. Was that a bot asking us? Okay. We've had that before. Yeah. Not a bot. It is a man in Pakistan that I've hired to email. Oh, what? (laughs) But he's like real and I have meetings with him and stuff. He's not a bot. 
Now, well, uh, well uh, you don't know that. It could be some awesome, <laughs> you know, cyborg robot. Well, yeah. It, yeah, he could be an AI Pakistani guy, you know? Um, so. <laughs> well, yeah, well, the thing, <laughs> it didn't come back in broken English, which is always a tell. Oh, yeah. yeah. But you know what? I didn't, uh, I didn't you ask. like promote podcasts? <laughs> I got five of those today. All the time. You All the time. You need podcast promote now. Yes. I'm like, okay. Sir, I reached out. What is this kind weeks. of negging they're doing on me? Um, I thought that was the, the pickup artist was so 07. Um, the, so let me ask you this, LinkedIn-wise. Did you know how creepy dudes are to chicks on LinkedIn? I can imagine. It's just like and real life. Just another... Uh, avenue yeah. for guys to be creeps. Right. Have you had creepy dudes on oh, LinkedIn? Good question. Not many. I've had like a couple explicitly creepy dudes on LinkedIn. Um, like one who was said, how's my wifey doing this morning? And I was like, whoa. <laughs> Do not know. By the way, that qualifies as creepy. Yeah, <laughs> if you're saying well, not really, but this one guy. <laughs> this one, yeah. So I've had a couple. And then some that just you know, lurk for a very long time and they pop up a lot just to chat and it comes off a little creepy. I'm like, I don't know you. What, Why are we talking? What, what kind of game are we talking? What are they saying? Uh, it's always like, there's always some obscure way we could potentially work together. So it's always a sell of, oh, look at this collaboration, which many times makes zero sense anyways. <laughs> and then they'll just kind of keep honing in on that. Even if I'm like, I don't think that that's a fit, you know? <laughs> so it's that. I'm I'm like any 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 bad dating app stories from the female side, you know, uh or or you I just up. I just found this out. Gossip. I love it. This is like my yeah, this is my like ooh girl. I know. This is sassy time. <laughs> Throw me a high noon, tell me some stories. Uh yeah, I mean that's um I, I there's got to be. How about this? I don't. I don't want to take this uh, in this route the whole episode, but I'm definitely curious because, you know, we we want to be uh, authentic on the show. I think more than anything. Sure. Yeah. Um, and oh, and so secret guest. Have, have you in, had? Buddy. Have you had any? Uh, have you had any guys um, in just like businessy real life uh, try to? Try to do the same maneuver. Oh, my gosh. All the time. Yeah, like when I first started, um, I didn't know how to sift through it as much to detect, like, oh, do you think, actually think we can work together? Or is this, you know, dinner meeting in your head a date of some sort, you know? Uh Uh, So I got better over time at figuring that out. But that's definitely a tactic. Really? Oh, I'm sure they've convinced themselves it's it's not a uh, date. This is is a business thing. You never know what's going to happen. And that's okay. That's what they're telling themselves. That's okay. (laughs) We're making a partnership with our genitals. Uh, We'll bring in our third mic, uh, Professor Hank. Henry Hollingsworth of All Day, allday.io. Scoot you over a little there, buddy. Coming into the shot. Hi there. How's it going? Hello, everybody. He was late because he was smoking cannabis. No, that's what our our, our guest... Uh, a narc. <laughs> yeah, man. Are you guys high right now? Well, that has nothing to do with you're, nothing. You're what are you talking me. about? You got to tell me. Not uh, wired? We have a... No, like... I got a nip slip going on in this outfit. You know I'm not wired, but maybe downstairs. You don't know what's that. They have mics that look like nipples for sure. These hard nips? I don't think so. 
<laughs> they don't have they don't have lav mics that are Way just like little areolas, do they? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. You're in the cannabis industry. Um, how is what what you're doing? Strategy, marketing, strategy, correct? Um, not marketing. Okay, not so, marketing. Just strategy. It, strategy. Yeah. In my main firm, I do business strategy with investors and ownership groups, and then with Leaf Sheet. It's like a DIY model for entrepreneurs that want to get into the industry or who are already in it. So, uh, yeah, can you do the elevator pitch of Leaf Sheets? Because we did a lot of research. Our Pakistani guy, our guy, didn't give us a lot of intel on yeah. you. He's not a high-tech robot. Yeah. Stays up all night learning things. <laughs> okay, Leaf Sheets. Well, six years of doing, you know, consulting with investors. And I do a lot of the things that people get mad about. So the you know, working with the people with all the money that get all the privilege to get into the industry and have all the resources, you know. And as an entrepreneur, I thought, okay, I can't just be part of the problem. And is there a way that we could help real scrappy, creative, innovative entrepreneurs who could probably do a great job in this if they could just have access to the information and have access to actually entering the industry? Is there a way to serve them without having to open a consulting firm that charges like barely any money, you know? So we built Leaf Sheets as a product, and I like to say it's essentially a cannabis business strategist in a product and a DIY kind of model, like almost like legal Zoom for lawyers, like with law firms, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, there's, a, there's a lot to bite on that. Um, Weed dealers are different now. I <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, what would you like to know? Well, no, I, I wanted to see – so you, it's it's – there's a lot of questions on both sides, the entrepreneurial side and the cannabis side. Uh, yeah. we're, we're, is there, is it a state? Do you do specific states to kind of have this marketplace or this connection, uh, this resource? What would you call it? Kind of, uh, I call it a business support platform. Okay. Okay. That's, that's and... better, <laughs> better copy. <laughs> yep. Yes. And it's national. So we built it to be, since it's a DIY, every product on there, so say you get an inventory management plan, that will come with a do-it-yourself guide, which will walk you through how to customize it for your business and then also for your state so that you can make it state-specific. And then our next round um, or iteration essentially will be state-specific versions of every product we have. So you're, you're given the playbook, essentially, with, uh, uh, with, with guidance, with personal guidance. Legal Zoom for weed. Yeah, but I mean that this sounds more bespoke. This sounds a little bit more like it's a little templated playbook wise, but it's also uh, it sounds like you're connecting with them via Zoom. It's not just all uh, DIY, correct? I like mine better. Yeah, <laughs> it's not all DIY. It's largely uh, it is largely like that since it's kind of it's sure. a scalable product. But we will have webinars and stuff in order to actually connect with people. And we're trying to figure out how to best actually support people as they go through it because it's not reasonable to think you would just have, you know, your all your documents, your DIY, and totally get everything. So we're figuring that out. Yeah, uh, education for entrepreneurs in the in the industry. What do you find is the biggest uh, hurdle, uh, personality-wise, with all these entrepreneurs? Personality-wise? Yeah, like uh, the psychology of these these people who are seeking your help. The biggest hurdle is how hyped up they are, and they're just so, like, 
stoked on their idea and how cool it is. They're so green. Mm. Yeah, to like get them to understand. Wait, there's rules here. There's processes here. There's this that. Like overwhelming. I I feel like it's either going to be people who have never smoked weed in their life and have a lot of money, or stoners are the two choices usually who would be interested in this business. Functional, functional stoners. Right. Right. Sure. Like I, I smoke weed. I'm, I'm out. But it, it seems like it's entering into a lot newer types of markets today. Like edibles is one simple example, and then like oh medicinal versus recreational. What's up into different strategies for how to attract, you know, doctors more, or as opposed to you know the individual smoker. So you kind of. So where would you say then your kind of niche target is in terms of who you like to work with? What types of entrepreneurs? are the um, best types of entrepreneurs to work with in this space? For Leaf Sheets? Right. Okay, so for Leaf Sheets, it's the uh, possibly a functional, you know, stoner, I don't know, but <laughs> people who Way are... Cooler, man. Rel- yeah, <laughs> they're relatively <laughs> intelligent. They're excited to get into the industry and they're willing to do some of the work because it's like 80% done for you, but you need like another 20%, you know? Yep. Um, but they would have to be at least have that level of dedication to do a little bit of what it takes to get them there. So is it is it basically unpacking like the business plan and overall like uh, documents you need to be able to be a legal business in the space? And is that kind yeah. of how it helps unpack for you? So anybody can then kind of get started and then from there build their foundation. Yeah, because what a lot of people do is they'll say, okay, I want to start a business in this state. And then they'll read what the rules are and regulations and what they need. And then they'll think, oh, I could do this by myself. And then they submit trash, absolute trash, because they have no idea what actually is needed. So leave sheets will get you. They're like, okay, we'll get you 85% of the way there. All you have to do is this much, and we'll tell you how to do it. So if you can figure that out, then you're good to go. Because a lot, yeah, so many people think, oh, I can I can write a security plan. Yeah. No, you can't. <laughs> I look at those templates. I'm like, nope, nope. I don't need to be a business yeah. owner. I don't like. I don't even like business. <laughs> what part of the, the of your plan is don't get high on your own supply? Please tell me you have that on, like, <laughs> just even as, like, a joke chapter title or something. You're right. I do, we don't. Oh. I wish I could see, yeah, well, you're welcome. I, I'll talk to Nick about putting it in there. <laughs> that means not going to happen. Yeah, you can have a lot of fun copy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... So it it sounds like you you have a business acumen because you have your own uh, Jay Whitney and Co. Right, and then you have this expertise over in the cannabis industry. Can you tell us about uh, Can Strategy? What's what's the what's the just get, well, you can just do Shark Tank pitches on all three entities you have. Okay. Okay. Jay Whitney and Co. Holding Company. Okay. Jay Whitney and Co. Will hold my empire, mm-hmm. which starting with can strategy and leaf sheets which so, i just told you about. so you have a holdings company that protects yeah. the main thing above that oh you love and underneath you have, i learned it. this and i feel very smart uh from our power <laughs> business attorney telling us how to do this then you have feeder llc's out right yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> look at the big brain on brett huh Keep going. yeah we're all impressed <laughs> keep going that's it that's you all i got <laughs> Well, uh, protects her, entities. Protects her personally, but an LLC is a good way to start for a lot of people that need to start the business, go on legal zoom and do that. But you, then you get to the next level and you need a lot of layers of protection. 
Hand strategies where we work with the well-funded investors to get them into the industry, to scale their businesses, to optimize whatever they're currently doing to make it better, all those things. That's bigger business. What do you, um, when, I guess when potential investors are reaching out, are they going more retail? Are they going wholesale or is it, they want to be in vertical kind of integrated? We work with more retail. Okay. And some cultivation, some production, but mainly retail. Um, are, are you trying to get them to, uh, have the COVID, uh, the, the anti-COVID strain? We, we had a, um, we had our friend who has a vertically integrated, uh, yeah, grant the gramco.com. Um, and he was trying to explain to us in a lot of abbreviations about Delta nine and CBDNA and NDA and a lot of stuff. I, we're good listeners. We were trying to follow, but it was like, dude, how are you in this industry and talking like this? He's, he's for, he's for one a, thing, you know, it was psychoactive, so you didn't even hear that. <laughs> he was an attorney, or he is an attorney, but um, uh, he very much answered questions like an attorney, very detailed and like way too uh, way I don't too know if verbose. He's still an attorney after two two appearances on our show. Oh man, they're gonna give him like Extremely. Florida Bar like award or something, probably <laughs> for being awesome. The, uh, the Florida bar, for being awesome. awesome, man. Yeah, man. I'm sober and I sound high right now. Um, uh, so, do you find uh, the retail by state? Let's say I'm trying to open one in Utah. Is that <laughs> is that a lot more a lot more constraints than uh, Washington? Uh, there's so many more. For instance, you could not apply in Utah right now. You couldn't do it. The only way in. Quick, Utah think of another state. <laughs> buy a business yeah washington's way easier oklahoma easier ish those kind of states and are you doing anything on the higher end level where you're trying to uh help movements to get get things passed recreationally or um you know uh Lobbying. medically yeah no i'm not that cool i'm not that cool uh, no. good. okay or Lobbying. or you're doing it and not gonna tell us Right. <laughs> no, of course I'm not. <laughs> um, what? So what? Uh, what? What's the normal optimization kind of uh, strategy for anybody that's uh, a client of yours? What? What? What's the problem you see most of the time? I'm guess uh, that's really the question I'm asking. The problem. So with operators or with people who want to get in? People who want to get in. Investors. What? What's the biggest uh, hindrance? The biggest hindrance is that they ha- they also have absolutely no idea what's going on. They come to me just as confused as anyone else, baffled. I have to tell them crazy things about how taxes work, and they're like, there's no way. And then we have, yes, that's how it works, you know? So they're also equally as confused. They can just afford to pay to get that, you know, confusion figured out for them. Um, but, yeah, they have no idea. And then a lot of them have no real vision for the business. So they know, okay, I think there's a business model here. We could set something up. It could be profitable. But they don't have a real brand in mind or, you know, even a long-term strategy. A lot of times I always like to think, okay, let's go multi-state. Let's build a chain. And a lot of times they've only thought, like, the first application, the first states, and really don't know what they want to do except make money. Hmm. So that's an issue. That's that's interesting. That's not. I didn't. I wouldn't thought that at all. But now I'm thinking like, what are like athletes and rappers hit you up? Like, 
uh, people with money that want to invest, but don't. Right. I feel like the people I know that invest like that. I don't want to file taxes in two states, three states. <laughs> well, well actually, yeah. that takes the athletes and rappers out. Never mind. <laughs> well, but I mean, like, I feel like the people I know that would probably put millions into something like that is they would be almost like how doctors hate people Googling medical things and telling them back medical stuff. Like I feel like you'd have someone that did their pocket research of sorts. Um, I thought it would be the other. Well, I mean, if you're investing money, maybe, maybe look into it a little bit. Investing nerd. Um, I guess, uh, so are you writing business plans out for them? How, what take us through like that normal kind of walkthrough and strategy, everything. It's almost hard to like fully describe everything that we wind up doing, but it's yes, business plans. It's connecting them with vendors from their construction firm, architects, security companies, managing those vendor relationships. And we've got your security plan, you're hiring and training, doing the recruiting, managing actual like build out startup design, your launch, everything. It's hand, hand holding. I, we even help them figure out ownership teams. It is insane. I've had federal judges that will call me because they cannot figure out how to properly do their fingerprints. Like they will call me from, how do I fill this out? It's happened with every ownership team. <laughs> it's like insane. It's one of the biggest issues. Wait Just a second. There's a federal judge <laughs> who owns a weed thing. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, that's very interesting. Retired, but. He was oh retired. man. Yeah. yeah. Right. Conspiracy man. He just does arbitration now. Right? For fun. He gets high all day. He sounds cool as shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so uh, that's interesting. So you're getting a lot of people that come, even if they have a professional background, uh, a su- what I'd call a super professional background, because I talk like I'm five, but uh, th- that they're even kind of inept in the business side of everything. Oh, absolutely. But it sounds like you're seeing them through the entire journey of of existing in business. So a lot of that, for many investors especially, is more of a startup package where you're getting the all the teams together and everything off the ground. But then you're talking about strategies of of multi you know multi stores across states and and so bigger. So you're able to kind of see basically their entire business and marketing journey all the way through and support them with that growth as they kind of go. Exactly. And I say so they can sleep. Because yeah. if they were to try and figure it all out and, you know, manage it all themselves, they would never sleep. They'd be constantly stressed. They'd probably wind up, you know, getting divorced and losing custody of their kids. So we Whoa. take care of everything, you know, <laughs> so it doesn't eat their lives up. I've actually seen that happen. I have seen this business be so not what someone thought it was going to be when they went in that it caused like real like life damage. Oh, yeah. That's any business. What types of issues come up because it's a cash business? Like oh, beyond the issue of like the banks, you know, it, that's like kind of the one clear issue. But it sounds like managing a big business as a cash empire is comes with a host of cartel-like issues. Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've seen Breaking Bad. Well, like for instance, in Florida, I have a medical marijuana card and we have to do this weird me dance. Too, me too. Well, you have to do this weird dance where you pay if you're, with your debit card. And then they have to like round up and give you like right. cash back. It's like you got money out of the ATM. And you're like, what? <laughs> We're the fooling fuck? them. I'm like, why are we doing okay. this? Is so dumb. It's why? the only way to use a card, though. It, but I know, but 
It doesn't have. There's no way it has there's to a, be there's that. There's an way. app you can prepay. Uh, guys, I get it. Let's I'm saying the, like let's let the I, I'm, I'm just giving an example <laughs> to kind of make it a leading question of sorts. Perfect. Yeah. So I mean, what you're saying is basically because it's that's not even like debit card processing. It's it is just an ATM at the cashier. Uh, but in order to make you feel better that you're using a card, places like <laughs> to implement that. But other things that are difficult are just you know you're hiring. A lot of your employees are handling a lot of cash and uh you know it's that's a lot to track you're having to train them and then trust them that they're tracking everything and tracking it appropriately the way you have to keep records is you know less uh automated because it's not a bunch of just card transactions so the manual information that goes into your point of sale has to be accurate and for an everyday employee if they're making like 15 dollars to 20 dollars an hour it's it can be difficult to get them to understand really how important that is because if you were to get audited and those were off because your employees just didn't take it very seriously, that could get your business shut down, you know? Uh, so just like the tracking and tracing of cash itself and then that's that's an issue. And that's just inside <laughs> issues. Not even right. talking about people wanting to just roll up on you. Like, right. I'm going to yeah. take that. I mean, right. kind of yeah. scary. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the secret door on the floor type situation that right. built into every facility. Yeah, I, I would say my advice <laughs> would be if you're a manager, watch Casino. Have you seen Punisher? <laughs> watch Casino with Sam Rothstein, De Niro playing Sam Rothstein. And uh, he's very like, these guys watch these guys, these guys watch these guys. We've got the camera in the sky or the eye in the sky, whatever. And, uh, you know, run it like that because that's old school casino style was all cash. Yes. Yeah. Thank uh, you. I think they had that already figured. I mean, they, they, I don't know, they, man. They know to do that. I, it ain't Chick Fil A employees and the ones I walk in. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're they're definitely like, "What were we doing?" I'm like, "It takes 12 minutes to do a sticker." This is as absurd as going to the pharmacist. You're like, it is. Guys. This takes five minutes. Five. This shouldn't take more than five minutes to put pills in a thing. It's like, why don't you go inside? I'm like, because it's so pointless. It takes forever. They want to talk about the weed. I'm like, I don't talk about weed with people that I like hanging out with. Right, right. I'm like, do we got to talk about this? Like, you like this one, bro? Does it get you high or not? Like, (laughs) Like, don't profile me, right? They'll be like, you look like a guy that would like this purple shit. And you're like, (laughs) yeah. You you don't know me. Surprise, it's half off. (laughs) Yeah. Everything's always on sale, always. uh, Wears off. Uh, marijuana, me- medical marijuana, at least uh, as a crop, I guess destroys every other uh, crop combined in America. What? So if you combine corn, they wheat, fight each other. It, all of that, all the revenue of that. Oh, okay. Marijuana crushes it like by twice or as much or something like that. Do you find when you're working because you're kind of in the smaller atmosphere and there's a lot of corporate. Um, like corporations kind of or enterprise level size kind of companies coming in, does that bother you or, or do you just find it's kind of the, the same motif as any kind of small business versus large business? Like, are you worried about that coming in? Like some conglomerate, you know, Nestle starts getting in the business and you're like, fuck. I'm not worried about it at all. I think that, you know, even the mighty fall, and just because someone's been successful in another industry does not mean they'll be successful in the next, you know? Mm. And uh, 
I also think the industry has so much potential for true large, you know, the next large companies to come out of it. But actually as startups, like these overnight multi-billion dollar companies that I think we're going to see a lot of them fall on their faces. It happened with MedMen. I called that when they really? did their $50 million raise. I was like, there's something weird about that. Walmart wasn't built overnight like that. Hmm. Everyone running around over oh, the next Starbucks or the next this, except you're trying to be that size in two years. And that's not how it works. So there's going to be holes there that we're not seeing yet. I think they're going to, those ones are going to fall that are, you know, the industry, the companies building from within cannabis and are huge. I think some of them will tank. And then large companies that come from the outside into cannabis i think a few of them will figure out they actually don't really want to mess with it because it gets so complicated like if you can just make a ton of money with high profit margins on chocolate why not like why try and start messing with a bunch of controlled regulations you know i wouldn't well what if what if a big big company comes to you like philip morris and they want you to just create this transition or this uh sort of I don't know how they would, I mean, they're basically just selling kind of the same thing, but I don't think it even matters. <laughs> it's like, look, you smoke these too. But what would yeah. you do? If a big company came to me. That's the pitch. An old guy going, hey, you like these? You like this? You smoke these? We now you can smoke this. these. <laughs> yes. Um, I would work with them. I would work with a large company for sure. Oh. Yeah. But I would still keep leaf sheets alive. So with Can, I would, you know, we could work with kind of a larger company but with leaf sheets i still want to keep that door open for the entrepreneurial kinds the craft the craft people they don't even have to be craft people they could be super smart put together this whole plan and then go raise capital and start the next mso you know it's just like where they're at today and what they can do today Uh, it just sounds like your it sounds like your leaf sheets business informs your can business it's almost like the the startups obviously could grow all the way through to earn themselves strategy and and move themselves into your other business but in addition to that it almost you know at this point i feel like with cannabis industry you're looking for innovation in the space you're looking for how to do this fresh you know and especially moving into new states the opportunity is really big you know so i it it almost then begs the question just to bring that all the way back around since that sounds true is with a Philip Morris sized company, like what is that execution strategy? What, what's an innovative way to enter this space today that maybe is so outdated from three and four and five years ago? Yeah. It's gotta be crowded. It's, it's, uh, it's, right. it all. Gotta be what? It's gotta be a crowded industry, right? I mean, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. But the beautiful thing is that even though it's crowded, there's not that many people doing a good job Hmm. and Mm -hmm. it creates this ability to do very simple things well and succeed because of that. So you would say branding and marketing. So simple. That's required for businesses. Few have figured it out. If you look at cannabis logos, Oh my gosh, I bet it's green, white. Mm -hmm. They all have a picture of cannabis on it. Like they're all named leaf. Or, yes. <laughs> or relief or like something of that. So it's um, it's almost not even innovative how you can succeed in the industry at yeah. this point. Almost like just do well-known business practices well because everyone else is acting like we're reinventing the wheel. Yeah, customer service. Start there. Yeah, imagine Don't take that. forever. 
God. Have exactly. delivery that actually Brain delivers efficiently. Yeah. yeah, just simple things. Do the simple things really well. And um, and I, that alone in this industry is super innovative. So You're really uh, you as an entrepreneur, uh, I want to ask you, what do you, uh, you know, how do you, how do you keep this all together? It sounds like you've got a lot of things moving. Um, yeah. uh, you know, we, we talk about on this show, entrepreneur, the dirty secret and Henry's got his own company as well. The dirty little secret about entrepreneurship is it's very lonely. Even if you have, uh, someone, a partner, you have a, a business partner that you've worked with for what, 10 years or something like that. Just about, yep. And, uh, but even y'all don't fully empathize each other's plight, you know, even though you, you might get close. Uh, yep. what do you find is kind of like your secrets to success, you know, being an entrepreneur, being a boss, babe. I hate that. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> boss, babe. Yeah. Uh, well, one thing I'd so agree. It's so lonely. And, um, yeah, people don't, I think, totally get that, especially I'll be at a lot of events and stuff and I have, you know, it all looks so cool, but I'm not, I don't have, you know, kind of someone in the trenches a lot or people that really understand what's going on and that I'm like balancing and doing in the world. Uh, with Leaf Sheets, I at least have Nick and that's helpful. Who's my co-founder. Um, my secrets to success are just, you know, not wanting to be an absolute failure in the eyes of my parents and the world. So you just keep going. Jesus. Wow. Wow. Very introspective. Sound like my stand-up comedian friends. We're just doing this to get our parents' attention. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's it. I'm just like, okay, well, what's your, you either succeed and you keep going and you make things happen. What's your alternative? You're an absolute failure. And then you just keep going, you know, that's the truth. That's my truth. No, no. Uh, we, were the, we, we didn't want to leave, leave you hanging to dry. We thought, yeah, a little bit more, but you're like, oh, that's it. <laughs> um, we asked, Absolute failure is a bit, that's extreme. I mean, you got to live your life after that, you know. Well, maybe, maybe that maybe right is absolute that's, failure. That's the motivation shot. that gets her there, you know. This isn't Eminem and Eight Mile. She's got one shot, You dude. get lots of shots. One shot. Um, but I do also have to say that, um, I just have, I do have a purpose. It sounds cheesy, but no, I, no, it doesn't. I ha yeah, I had a while there where I kind of lost it. My first company, I had a business partner that just it all totally tanked and just deflated me. And I kind of lost the sight of where I was going and what I wanted to do. And it was really hard for me to get things done then. And I took like six months and all I thought about was what am I doing? Why am I doing it? Where do I want to go? And like, how do I want to structure this moving forward? And once I got that back, that's really a huge driver to my success. Because even when it's harder, it's lonely. I remember my like reason, you know. How do you uh, continually re uh, recalibrate yourself now so you don't so that doesn't happen again? What where, what uh, any we we like to get down to like the minutia of some of the stuff. So you know, really? what are the habits you you have now? Because what you learned previously, I make sure to sleep. Mm -hmm. I used to not. I have a whoop. Do you see? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I used to almost never sleep, and I would drink like five nitro cold brews a day, and you know it was not good. So that wasn't great for my mental health. So now I make sure to sleep. I also meditate. If I ever get really anxious and freaked out, like what is going on, I'll meditate and listen to vibey things, remind myself, you know, that we're all one and what spirit I'm having a spiritual experience. You know, 
all the things. So that gives me more of a big picture kind of view. And if I ever feel McKinsey, the consulting firm, they'll say in the weeds, just too like thinking too small, I'll uh, just kind of step back and redefine and remind myself what I'm doing. I went to Tulum for five weeks last year specifically to do that. I was like, I feel like everyone wants a coffee meeting. Everyone wants my time. I'm you're, I'm all over. I'm going to Tulum, dude. No, <laughs> only hot chicks go to Tulum. That's my theory. I've only seen Never hot chicks Never on Instagram posting from Tulum. That is like uh, rehab. That's not rehab. But I only I new like, level of creepy. Yeah, I'm going to creep you out on LinkedIn now. No, it's like 20% <laughs> women and like 80% guys because Tulum's genius in marketing is only showing the women. So groups. I mean, it's like groups of like you 10, 20 there. guys. There. And there's like five women. Yeah, oh, <laughs> I'm wearing my rainbow pants. I'll, I'll say say hi to some cute guys down there. I don't care. Yeah, uh, I mean. <laughs> yeah, I, that's interesting. Because I at one point was like, I should go down there. I should go check it out. If I go on a, a self-vacation, I should just go there for a couple of days. And I'm so glad you told me it's a sausage party. Um, uh, <clears throat> we asked everybody that comes on the show the first time. Uh, this is our last question for you. Um, you know, what advice would you give your 13-year-old self? 13? Mm-hmm. Um, my 13-year-old self, oh, gosh. I would tell that girl that to stop worrying so much about what people thought and that her weird quirks were going to be her power one day, even though I was pretty weird. I was a weird kid. But now they're my superpowers. <laughs> That's what I would tell her. Does anybody else want to ask what the quirks were? <laughs> What were what were what kind of quirks are we talking about? Did you wear bunny okay. ears all the time. Yeah. No, like actually, not even that <laughs> it's not that quirky actually, but it would be. Um, well, one, I talk like a valley girl, so I used to get made fun of for that all the time. And then also, I can have a ton of energy. And when I was young, the amount of people who thought I was on drugs all the time that I, so then I had to like stop being completely me almost because I so many people like legitimately thought I was taking something um and kind of dulled that down and then over time I just thought whatever screw it you can think I'm on coke constantly it is what it is <laughs> and that's been helpful now in life it people aren't like oh are you taking a bunch of drugs you're, you know? you're, yeah, that's yeah. not that quirky though that's just your personality <laughs> that's not super quirky <laughs> What were you doing with that energy? Yeah, yeah. And then I'd rearrange yeah. my parents' pantry <laughs> all the time. Quirkier. <laughs> I take apart VCRs, put I them back I together. Could yeah. Oh my gosh, VCRs. Um, well, I uh, appreciate you coming on uh, and uh, tell your Pakistani guy that uh, booked this for you. Good job. I, oh, I will. Sweet guy. He'll be so happy to hear it. All right. Mm-hmm. Well. He has enough RAM. What? Thank you guys so much. Thank you. It was great to meet you. You brought.